Are you struggling or feel lost in your thoughts with no way out? Then join us in taking control of your own mind before something or someone else will. I'm Jeremy, and with my wife and co-host Carrie, this is Surviving Your Mind. Welcome back. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. We finally got to it, guys. We finally got to it. We pushed it out a couple weeks. This one kind of rattled us a little bit. Yeah, but you were building an awesome website, too, so... Yes, we have the new, <laughs> we have the new website up and running. Absolutely. Exciting new things, survivingyourmind.com. Go check it out. Go see if you made it on our page. Yeah, if we have met you in person, you are now literally have your own page. We're, we're really excited about that. Yep. This week, all right, guys, let's get into it. Remembering your lost dreams. We're going to address the consequences of abandoning the dreams of your inner child. So growing up, if you ever had dreams or was inspired to be somebody and you had to abandon those dreams due to trauma and turn yourself into survival mode, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Right. So if you grew up in a healthy home that was predictable and fair, healthy parents encourage children to dream. They want them to believe they can achieve anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I know a lot of cultures and stuff, like they force their children to become doctors and become this, that, and the other. And that is very abusive. It actually makes them lose their self-connection to themselves. So if you had a healthy home, you were literally encouraged to do anything. So if you want to be a rock collector, then go be that rock collector and I will be your biggest cheerleader. And that's what my new goal and how I parent because that's not how I was parented. Right. My parents, for the most part, they kind of let us be a little bit free in our thoughts. My mom, especially when we were younger, she let us dream and you want to be a superhero, be a superhero, right? Mm -hmm. But as we got older, my mom kind of got onto the boat with my dad and they got on the whole thing of, well, I didn't go to college. I didn't graduate college. You don't need to go to college. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do this. Look at me. I'm successful. Well, are you? You're working five jobs to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and don't get me wrong. You don't need a college degree half the time right? to make a good career of yourself. But at the time is what we're talking about when I was a child is their kind of goals for us was what they achieved. Right. Yeah, so. And that's the that's as far as, um, you know, parents can see. And that's not their fault. That's what they were taught. That's what their beliefs are. And maybe their beliefs worked great for them. But, you know, now it's it's time to change. And I think that's why this generation who's raising kids right now are realizing that. Because guess what? The shit's broken. It's not mm-hmm. working anymore. Right, right. <laughs> it's really I mean, not. So unhealthy homes are very critical. They're emotionally neglectful. Very unpredictable chaotic like maybe if you grew up in an alcoholic home you might have the most amazing loving parent but then you have no idea when they're going to rage next Mm -hmm. or the same thing with a narcissistic um, style parent and also we learned this week that narcissism and narcissistics um, or narcissism and narcissists that's not actually a personality but those are personality styles so a personality or a narcissistic personality disorder is a disorder but just being narcissism or having like a narcissist style it's not a diagnosis you just have like traits and that's how your personality is and I feel like there's a lot of people that have, you know, a little bit of narcissism traits. And, and, and it's just something that we have to break, you know, and overcome because mm-hmm. that's how we were grew up and raised. Right. We're human beings. We're creatures of nature. We all, like you said, have narcissistic traits within us now. The difference is, is if that trait is controlling your life. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But a part of unhealthy homes also, they're, they're offered children are really only given like conditional love, basically like on certain terms. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you do this, okay, I'll love you. If not, then I'm going to beat you. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's on their terms when they want to give you that love. It's not a full 24-7. Right. Or you're the golden child and we love you and you're an amazing person and, and daughter or son. But man, if you do anything that I don't believe you should do... You are the biggest scum of the earth. You suck at a parent. You suck at being a mom. You suck at your being a daughter or a son. Like, and that's just how they think. Mm-hmm. 
but they are like the weather. You just have to realize that this is the way that your parent's going to be, and you can't change that. Right. Just kind of, you know, take it as it is. Absolutely. Don't let it affect you. That's just how they are. So when children are not encouraged to dream, they live at about a 20 to 40% of their capability. Wow. And I want you to think about that. 20 or 40% of their capability when they're not able to dream. And there's many reasons why children are not allowed to dream. And we can go into that in just a little bit. They don't imagine what they could be. They might be too busy raising their siblings. They get uncomfortable or they get comfortable in underachieving. They fear risking getting hurt and often tone themselves down to fit in. That's us. That's how we grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't able to be the funny girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Jeremy, he would go to, you know, all these different groups trying to fit in because he thought he fit in, but then people would be rude to him and, and disrespectful. So then he's like, fuck you. I'm going to go to this group. Yeah. And after my mom left, when I was around 15 or 16. It was really hard for me to get into relationships. I bet. It, Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I, uh, I had a fear of getting hurt mm-hmm. and that's validated. Absolutely. Yeah. The same thing with my father. He passed away when I was a freshman in high school. And until I was 36 and I and I read his Bible, I had no idea that the reason why he didn't let me come live with him when I begged for him to allow me to come live there when I was a freshman. I needed him. I needed to go away from what I was doing, who I was living with and just everything. And he started crying and he was like, little girl. This just isn't the best time. I wish it could be the best time and maybe it will in the future, but right now is just not it. And that stuck with me my whole life. And I was, I thought at that moment that my dad didn't love me. Mm-hmm. He didn't, cause that's what I was getting at home. Like it didn't matter what I did. It wasn't good enough back then. Um, if it, you know, against their will or against their beliefs, I was bad. Carrie was bad. And, and The biggest part of my part of this podcast is forgiveness and understanding and compassion. So again, I want to reiterate, I fully understand why my parents and my family act the way they do. They can't help it. Now, one day they might awaken and they could be the observer of their lives and and they can change. But until then, I accept it. I love them unconditionally from afar and there's nothing wrong with that. No, I agree. And you have a, you have every right to make that decision. Absolutely. It's your life now. Yeah, like we're supposed to build our lives with people who lift us up. And I don't want to be challenged. I've, I've felt like I've been challenged my whole life. And I'm finally to a point where I don't have anybody challenging my thoughts. And to get over what I have been through in my past... I can't have people challenge my thoughts because I challenge them every day. And so they don't respect that and they don't understand that. And that's fine. I don't have to explain that to anybody anymore. It was just so much easier just disappearing and not talking to anybody because I'm done explaining. They know how they treated me. They know what they did. And if they really did feel bad about it, I think they could come apologize. Right. Well, the one main thing, the one step that you have done took a huge leap of faith for this self-care, self-love, this journey of healing that we're on right now that we're sharing with you guys is setting boundaries. You mm-hmm. got you got to the point where you were able to set boundaries for yourself. And by setting boundaries, sometimes people that you love or that were close to you mm-hmm. remain on the outside of those boundaries. Right. Why? Not because you want them. You want them inside your boundaries. You want them to be able to be close to you, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. And how strong you are now today is you are sticking to your boundaries. You respect your own boundaries. Yeah, that was a very hard thing for me to overcome. And if anybody doesn't respect your boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Then that's a them problem, not a you problem. Because you're living your life and you're respecting yourself, loving yourself. And you're paying attention to your boundaries, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Some people just don't understand the whole boundary thing because if they grew up not knowing what that was and 
And that's kind of how my family was. They don't know what those boundaries are because I'm sorry being yelled at and screamed at and being called stupid and gaslighting me and, and all of that. Like, that's, that's not healthy and it doesn't make you feel good. So why would you want to still be around it? Right. I mean, absolutely. But <laughs> this is what we're doing until we set these boundaries. One of the consequences of, of children that's not encouraged to dream is they seek familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Familiarity. Even if that isn't enough or it's dissatisfying or it doesn't please you or it's not what you want, you seem to go back to the familiar. Right. 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 That's why children stay with um, abusive parents um, is because they feel like they that's that's all they know mm -hmm. and they have to protect that person. Oh, they're they're just they're just upset because right. the divorce or oh, they're just upset because they're alone or oh, they're just, you know, and it's just it's, mm -hmm. it's just a mess. Right. When we're forced to live in a state of survival or when a child doesn't have parents that are properly attuned to themselves or to the child, right? Mm -hmm. The children actually detach from imagining. They stop dreaming because they don't have that attachment, that bond with their mother, their caregiver, whoever it was that took care of you, right? Mm -hmm. So a child will detach from imagining and dreaming about what they might wish to become. So what happens to children who become adults who have never encouraged to dream or to find out for who they are? They, they've been forced to abandon their dreams. So children forced to live in survival, they become adult children. Mm -hmm. That right there is big. When my mom left, my dad was working in Texas. He retired from the police department. Mm -hmm. He was working in Texas Monday through Friday. Both of my brothers were already gone out of the house, right? At that moment in time, I was forced to be an adult. Right. I didn't know it at the time. I went to go live at a friend's house for a year, year and a half or so. And then when I came back, I had to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I had to feed myself. I had to go to work. I had to drive. I had to go to school. I got kicked out of high school, but I went to an alternative school. Mm -hmm. Still school, right? Right. But all the, I was forced to do this by myself. Yep. And you quit dreaming because you became the adult. That's all you had to do was work and survive. There was no, right. there was no kid in you anymore. It was work, school eat, survive, that's that's all you had to do and you were just stuck in that. Right. So growing up, I had an imagination. I, I used to run around thinking I was the Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. all this stuff, right? I'd set up little military men across my house and I'd get rubber bands and I would shoot them down and stuff like <laughs> yeah. little missions. I had all these things. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to, to build homes. I remember my grandma, the one that just passed away, when I'd go stay with her for fun, she would take me to open houses right mm -hmm. so i tried going to school for architectural design but i couldn't do it it was overwhelming when i became a teenager and everything else i was so into sports i was getting a scholarship for wrestling everything else i threw it all away i got kicked out of high school i had no more dreams left i was taking care of myself i was being an adult so the only thing that i could the the most that i worked up to mm -hmm. was a manager at the deli at walmart and that's what I thought I was going to stay in. But then my legal problems and issues just kept coming in and then drugs and alcohol. And I had completely lost my whole entire vision for my future. Mm -hmm. So I did what majority of the people do that are in the military right now. They're running away from hell that they can't seem to escape. Why? Because we stopped dreaming when we were younger. We no longer have a future. Or we think we no longer have a future. Right. So that's what we need to get back to. Dreaming. It's never too late. You can be whatever you want. I know people that are in college at freaking 62 years old. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome for them. Yeah. I love that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This whole episode has been difficult for me because I did dream when I was little. Like, I wanted to be a comedian really bad. But once I got into drama, people staring at me, I felt like I was going to pass out. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the encouragement. I would get more criticism instead of encouragement of like, oh, you can do this. It would be like, why can't you do this? You do this in front of me. And it was just more of like breaking me down instead of building me up. And so I quit. Mm -hmm. I just quit drama, didn't do it anymore, and started working at Sonic. So I did that. Then I ended up getting into... Um, like the tile business and stuff as soon as I graduated because I wanted to go to college. Before I went, um, I wanted to jump right into college too because I knew myself like I needed to do something immediately. 
So I had my parent take me around and I really wanted to be a dental hygienist because that's what my best friend did at the time. And easy hours. I mean, hell, she didn't even work on Fridays. Like to me, that was freaking amazing. Like, okay, cool. I can do this a year, you know, school. It would be easy. Took the parent and completely got just my dreams obliterated. <laughs> like, they were literally just obliterated. You, She was like, you can't do this. It's going to be too hard. Oh my gosh, I couldn't do this. Like, man, that's going to be a lot of work for you. And and just, just kept on and on and on. And instead of being the encouraging parent with that positive self-talk, I started the negative self-talk man, I'm never going to do this. There's no way I can do this. And it just went downhill. Then I wanted to be a nurse. So I tried that. And I was. I was rough. I'm kind of rough with people. I'm very clumsy. But I could have done other things being a nurse other than just like triage or bandage changing, that type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But nope. Got that. That totally was shut down too because I'm too rough. There's no way I could care for people. Yada, yada, yada. Like it just, and it was stuck in my brain. I was brainwashed. I literally cannot believe I did anything. So then I met my brother, my long time brother who I never met. I knew he was alive somewhere in Arizona, but he reached out to me on MySpace and we started talking and he was like, you're not going to college? And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm a manager at a granite shop and I really, really like doing this. Like I want to be a builder one day and yada, yada. And he was like, well, why don't you join the military so you can get like college stuff? So what did I do? Join the military. Right. <laughs> yeah. I literally listened to anybody that would give me encouragement. Right. But Crazy. you needed that. You were I did. craving that. You didn't get that when you were younger. No, I wanted that so bad. I didn't know what it was. Like, as soon as somebody told me I should do something, man, I jumped all over that shit. Right. Part of that is bringing back your creative brain. And bringing back your creative brain in order to truly recover, each of us, we need to appreciate our childhood experiences and how they've impacted us in ways that operate our lives. Listen to this, guys. If you ever grew up feeling ignored, abandoned, rejected... You're operating your life at almost less than 50% of what you possibly could. Wow. Because you gave up dreaming mm-hmm. as a child. That's a lot to think. I mean, because of a lot of a lot of us, even though we quit dreaming and stuff and we live normal lives, mm-hmm. right? But it's what? Nine to five jobs. It's stuff like that, right? Just normal, mediocre, different things. Some of us do extraordinary things. But could you imagine that if you grew up in a loving, stable home, and you had the opportunity to dream like that, how much more your life could be than what it is now? Yep. But guess what? Just like anything, it's not too late. Absolutely. It's time to awaken that brain. It's time to be creative again, and it's time to stop dreaming. It's never too late. Let's start turning those nightmares into dreams. If you were conditioned to ignore yourself as an adult, you're ignoring your dreams your desires, red flags, and dreams. You need to reconnect with your dreams. Reconnecting with your lost dreams is like knocking on the door to the area of the brain that is magically creative. So your subconscious mind needs a new bullseye. The more you can visualize what you want, the greater chances your brain is going to override the fear response, the pain response, versus the pleasure principle, cognitive, codependency, negative self-talk and more absolutely that negative self-talk it's so true yes negative self-talk that it's amazing right there what you just said the more you can visualize what you want the greater chances your brain right Mm -hmm. can override all that bad stuff and you can see the good stuff right that's just like the more you say it the more you put it into your reality that's why our reality is more lean towards negative self-talk if you, can, if you can visualize and you can start dreaming again and you can start telling yourself about these dreams, what you need to do for these dreams, all this stuff, right? You start putting it back into your reality and you start working towards these dreams rather than hiding from them. Right. I actually challenge you guys this week to make an inventory list, okay? I want you to make an inventory list of the things that you used to dream about when you were a child, Things that you wanted to 
wanted to accomplish, things that used to make you happy. So it could be hiking. It could be singing, belting the loudest Alanis Morissette <clears throat> myself in the bathroom. <laughs> um, it could be going on a hike by yourself. Did I already say that? I think so. Oh, I kind of like doing that. Um, making bracelets. Um, I really enjoy making like rock crystal bracelets. Um, it uses my mind and my fingers, so that keeps me busy. Um, but anything, like whatever the case may be, I don't care what it is. If you want to learn how to paint toenails, then learn to do that. I want you to make an inventory list, write down five things that you want to learn to do or what dreams you want to accomplish this year and start working on that. Also, another thing that can help is if you make a goal list every single day of three things that you want to accomplish, and it could be the simplest things of getting dressed and brushing your teeth that day, make that on your list. But if you can accomplish three things every single day, you will start feeling better. I agree 100%. And the best thing to do is start off with a positive action first thing in the morning. Yes. One simple task can set you up for the rest of the day for success or failure. Yep. In my mind. I start off with gratitude. So I'm going to start practicing it longer and, and much more. But I haven't been doing as good before Christmas. And I'm noticing that. I'm having a lot more like trauma responses and stuff. So I'm going to really start practicing the gratitude and writing it down of what I'm grateful for every morning before I even start my day. So before you grab your phone, before you get up and and get something to eat or whatever the case may be, just write down five things that you're grateful for. Right. I'm going to add something to that. Oh. Last night while you fell asleep, you were playing the podcast with Mel Robbins. I love her. Mel <laughs> Robbins, she's a suggested podcast to listen to. She's on our website, our link. You can check her out. But the, the podcast that you were listening to last night, she was discussing about 54321 technique. Mm-hmm. So the five, four, three, two, one, it doesn't give you time to negative think. It doesn't give you time. Obviously, you have to coach yourself. It's something that you have to teach yourself. Yeah, work so, at this every day. So if it's time to brush your teeth, let's let's rewind it. We're still in bed. Mm-hmm. It's cold. You need to get up. It's early. You don't want to, right? Mm-hmm. The simple technique of you lay there, you practice it, five, four, three, two, one, and then throw the covers off and get out of bed. You're prepping yourself for an action. You're going to take the action. You're eliminating all the extra other thoughts of the bullshit that's clouding you Mm -hmm. from preventing you from getting out of bed. This simple action, and it's actually you. She was explaining. It's used in all these clinical studies, trials. All these people have been emailing her, doctors. They use it. Mm -hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. Try that out along with writing down your goals and your tasks. But like she said... Your subconscious mind needs a new target, right? Mm -hmm. To get that new target, guys, you have to understand that how you guys were ignored or abandoned is programmed you to ignore yourself. You were ignored and abandoned, so you ignored and abandoned yourself. Mm -hmm. The subconscious mind holds, it's like a storage tank for all of your dreams, but it also holds all of your faulty programs that you've grown up with. We're learning to understand how children, how as children, so many of us abandon our dreams. They're only forgotten and covered up by our subconscious programs, faulty beliefs, and patterns of behavior that we grew up with, that we were taught. Mm-hmm. So remember, guys, just because you abandoned your dreams when you were a child because you were forced to, that doesn't mean you're broken. That doesn't mean you're wrong. That doesn't mean you can never dream again. That doesn't mean you can't be who you've always wanted to be. None of this, guys, is your fault. This is all how we've been programmed from our childhood trauma. Yes, and we can learn to start dreaming again. We have to get out of that subconscious mind and start being conscious. That's why we keep talking about in every single episode about awakening. It is so important, and once you start to be awakened, you start to be the observer of all your emotions, and you can start figuring out, hey... I'm not mad because I dropped something today. I'm mad because of this. And, and you literally can start point, pinpointing of what really your emotions are and not bottling them up. The main thing about healing is sit in that shit. If you are upset and crying, 
be upset and cry. When you bottle that up, you're just going to explode on somebody that doesn't deserve for you to explode on them. Mm -hmm. Or some people don't bottle it up and they find the first easiest excuse to blame their temper tantrum on. Right. Like for dropping the glass. Was the glass breaking that costed you $2 really what sent you in a spiral? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like get to the root of the problem. It's okay, guys. It's, it's messy. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But I guarantee you, if you can sit through it, work through it, cry through it, talk about it, hug it out, whatever you need to do, it's a lot peaceful on the other side when you come out. And overcoming your programming, codependent programming, right? Mm -hmm. Shame and denial. I struggle with shame and guilt a lot. And when we deny what we feel, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, but when we deny what we feel... We, we cannot, cannot heal. heal. Yep. Exactly. So don't blame it on that $2 glass. No, right? you could have woken up and you had a bad dream that you don't even remember. And mm -hmm. maybe you remember it later and on. Right. But you're not going to remember these things and be conscious of what's going on if you are stuck in that sleep state. Right. It's because we take on the responsibility of when our dreams are abandoned or trauma, we ultimately grow up thinking it's our fault. Mm-hmm. Right. So coming out of denial, I am sorry. So coming out of denial about all these experiences and traumatic events that has caused us to feel rejected and shameful, it can help us in so many ways. So early childhood programming, it's actually caused us to stop dreaming. And as a result of that, we're relying on survival strategies like fawning, people pleasing, overachieving, to avoid additional pain. Mm -hmm. So basically you are walking through your life on eggshells to make sure that nothing horrible is happening because you're in survival mode. Right. And codependency is like living a life you've on a never ending loop of dysfunctional childhood patterns. So if you're, you still have all of these codependency um, symptoms which you can go back to our first episode in season two, and we talk about codependency, you can break these. It, everything that we are talking about is all inside of you, and we believe in you guys to be able to find this. Right. And as you guys remember your lost dreams, all you're doing is you're just getting back in touch with your true self. Yeah, be Who that you? funny kid. Right. Go play in the dirt. Go do things that you weren't allowed to do. Um, and that's not your parents' fault. We want to keep reiterating this. They only know what they know, but it doesn't mean that you can't be who you want to be now. Nobody is stopping you. You don't have anybody grading you. You don't have anybody coming over your house and be like, oh my gosh, why didn't you do those dishes? And if you do, maybe you shouldn't have those coming over. <laughs> Just saying. But... As we remember our lost dreams, we are getting back in touch with more our authentic, honest, and innocent selves. So when I first started the whole healing process, I kind of abandoned everybody. Like, I didn't mean to, but I started going on hikes by myself. I wanted, I mean, I did have Jeremy go with me sometimes, but I wanted to go on walks. I wanted to go find myself. I wanted to go see if Carrie can go hang out by herself and be happy and I was. I didn't have to have my phone with me anymore. I really enjoyed that. And I'm probably going to start doing that again because I feel like recently I'm starting to kind of fall back in old patterns and like wanting to fix people and fix situations and make sure that everything's okay. But that is just my trauma response that I talked to my therapist about. I need to start finding Carrie again because right now I feel like I've been walking on eggshells again just to make sure that the world doesn't fall apart, but my world is perfect right now, <laughs> and that is just a trauma response. <laughs> so it's something I've been working for, so I'm excited for that. Right. What's in your subconscious mind? All kinds of weirdness. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> your subconscious mind is absolutely fascinating. This part of your mind only says yes. This part of your mind only receives data. It doesn't reject data, it doesn't say no, it doesn't say anything. It's yes. So if your parents or anybody, caregiver, authoritative figures that you trusted, looked up to, if they, if they made you feel or if they made you believe that you were invalid, not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. 
then that's what you believe. Yep. That's what you grow up as. That's why you stopped dreaming. That's why you didn't become that little dancer that you wanted to become or a singer because you believed that you were invalid. Yep. I believed I could not accomplish that. Right. Yep. And sometimes, guys, it's okay to not remember why you're digging through your files. <laughs> In your hippocampus. Right. (laughs) Lost dreams. Okay. So it's time for you guys, if you want to take the leap of faith, to start opening those dreams, unlocking, realizing that you stopped dreaming. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So a part of awakening and remembering to dream, right? Some examples to give you guys. What kind of television shows do you remember watching when you were small? What's the name of the school you attended? Do you remember any of your teacher's names? Who did you wish to become when you were a tiny, innocent person? All these are dreams. Did you wish for a happy home? Did you idolize your big sister? Whoever you wanted to become, these dreams are very important. Mm -hmm. They unlock your inner child. Yeah, what grocery stores did your parents shop in? Like remembering, just because you're not remembering of who you wanted to be, But just remembering the things that you used to think of when you were younger is going to help you unlock healing. Right. Some examples. Television shows do you remember watching when you were small? I remember Looney Tunes. Yep. And I remember that show Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, We would wake up about two hours early. Six o'clock every morning. Before school. (laughs) Yeah. To watch Saved by the Bell, right? Yep. And every night my parents would go to sleep. I remember me and my brother. We'd sit up and we'd watch wrestling. WWF, Mm -hmm. WWE. And we would rope everything off and we'd set pillows up in our living room. And we'd jump off the couches like we were on the top ropes. And we'd be wrestling. That was the time of our life. That's awesome. We were having fun, you know? Those are the dreams that we're talking about. To unlock and get back to. Remember, the mind has a difficult difficult time recalling events that took place before the age of seven. So don't get discouraged because I don't remember a lot before the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard for me to remember anything really before the age of seven. I do remember <laughs> kindergarten. When I went in there, I actually got kicked out of kindergarten and they sent me to another kindergarten teacher. Parents were so mad because I had to switch from like morning to afternoon and it totally messed up their schedule. I wasn't very happy. <laughs> But I remember going into kindergarten. Kindergarten was the first year during that time that they introduced computers into public schools. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to sit through typing classes in this big, huge box in front of me with like these little green letters and this little box <laughs> going across. I remember that. I don't remember really anything else before the age seven, unless somebody reminds me, but that's okay. That's okay. Many adult children, they don't even dream. We focus on what we don't want. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, all the negatives. I don't want this. I don't want that. Right. Okay, well, what do you, what do you want? And that's what we need to get your mindset on. We don't, we don't want to think about what we don't want anymore. Let's Mm -hmm. start thinking about what we do want. It totally opens your mind when you can start thinking this way. And it takes time. It takes practice and it takes work every day. Even Mel Robbins, this new lady that we've been following, she has 1.6 million followers on her podcast. She's only been doing this podcast since October of last year, I believe. So her podcast is awesome. And the reason why I believe so is she will let you know she's developed all of these behavioral traits to try these coping skills that I literally have been searching for my whole life to actually implement because yeah, I know I'm not supposed to care what people think about me, but how do I work on that? Nobody has ever been able, it doesn't matter what therapist, what doctor, what parent, what person. I have been asking these questions my whole life. I need you to tell me of what different strategies I need to do to feel better, to get better, because I wasn't taught this. And there's a lot of adult children who weren't taught self-regulation, who wasn't taught emotional stability, who wasn't taught the right or wrong and the things that you do and don't say to your children that actually are abusive. So I've had to figure this all out on my own. But that is okay. No, it is okay. Focusing, Focusing on the positive and more of what we want and getting in tuned back to dreaming 
is the whole goal. I mean, what we focus on, what we tell ourselves, negative self-talk, whether it's out loud or in our brain, all this stuff becomes our reality. Until we learn how to process the past, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep recycling the past. Yeah. We, we, we become our past with our children now, with our friends, with our family. And honestly, that's not fair to our kids now. That's why you and I, I think, are so passionate is because of what we went through. Mm-hmm. And we see and we're getting in tune back with ourselves, And we're understanding that's not our fault and how this is all coming into play into our lives. And when we sat back and we looked at the picture, we're like, shit, we did that with our kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the things that we hated, the things that, that hurt us the most, mm-hmm. we literally were doing the exact same things unconsciously right like even smart so this isn't so i'm not calling anybody a narcissist but this is a narcissistic thing to say so say your kids have haven't been around lately or whatever and they come to a dinner and you're like oh wow haven't seen you in a while that's something that a narcissistic style typed person would say you don't say things like that to your kids Mm -hmm. hey kid i'm so glad you're here have a seat right Totally two different ways of treating people and making them feel. Because you have no idea why that kid hasn't been around. And I'm sorry, but if you're the type of parent that's going to say, man, long time no see, um, that's the exact reason why there's no long time no see. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what people don't understand. It should be embraced with open arms. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. You should love that child, whether they're messing up or not. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go back to like the dreaming and, and the rock, like tr- pretending you're a rock star and doing all of those things. So there's a lot of traumatic adult children now that they don't know how to play. They don't know how to dream. They don't know how to joke around. They don't know. And they think that people that do that are childish. They think that they are immature stupid all of that but honestly they're so hurt and jealous that you can behave that way because they were never allowed to behave that way or they were never taught to be that way so you can see like even on tiktok there will be 70 80 90 year old peoples doing the funniest things making people laugh but i grew up with a parent that would be like that is so stupid that is so i cannot believe people behave that way but why not why can't they behave that way that's just their beliefs and i'm not saying their beliefs are wrong but it doesn't mean that you need to push your beliefs on everybody else and make everybody else feel bad because your beliefs are different Mm -hmm. and that's what that's how i live my life now the the whole tiktok thing i've heard it so many times oh you're an adult you're a parent oh you're a public figure why are you doing all these dumb videos on social media and putting yourself out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. be professional. Who? Why do you have to be professional 24-7? Why can't I be myself? Just because I work for a company, does that mean that company is who I am? Right. No. Yeah. They're, they're, they're living their best life. They're mm-hmm. having fun. Let them. Yeah. How does it hurt you? It doesn't. And it that's, doesn't. Yeah. If, the more that you are fixated on you can't stand somebody doing something, it's really that you need to go take a look at yourself. And I can still do this. I can still find myself um, seeing someone being successful in something that I'm not successful in yet. And I will go down my old habits and I can stop myself now and be like, that's not how I believe. Like, I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I still can do that. But I'm glad I can catch myself. Right. So, I mean... I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's, I think a lot of that sometimes, you know, you get wrapped up in social media and wrapped up in the numbers of likes and views. And, but if you know somebody and you guys kind of been in the following since like, kind of like day one, Mm -hmm. you know, and then say you started a trend or something, right. And then they piggyback on it. And next thing you know, you're back here with 400,000 followers and they're already up to a million followers. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, damn, like, I don't understand. Like, why did I, why did I help them? Now, yeah. Now they're bigger than me. Now right. But I think that's honestly just normal human nature. Cause you're not thinking negative, but it's just more like, dang, man. But that's I'll all. Be, I'll be honest. 
when I first started out on TikTok and growing, mm -hmm. I have blocked a handful of people at the time before I started on this journey and stuff because they did get bigger than me and they were using my videos and it was just like, I blocked them. I don't know, in my mind, I couldn't understand mm -hmm. and fathom, but I've grown. I understand social media. It doesn't bother me anymore. I right. Could, I could care less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, three years ago when we got on TikTok, though, we didn't understand it. And people weren't stealing people's videos back then and sounds and stuff. It was more of like you had to be creative and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. But now, like me and Perfectly Kelsey, we straight up tell people. Like I even thanked the one for my half a million video the other day. I was like, thank yous for the sound. I right. felt like I wasn't funny anymore. I love you. Thank <laughs> you for this. Because mine blew up and she didn't. But me and Shelly love each other, so it's like she doesn't care. Right. She's had some of my sounds that have blown up, but, and it's just all about growth. If you really have something that is bothering you about somebody else, it's internal mm -hmm. something that you need to work on. Right. And I didn't know that until healing. I agree. Healing. Perfect word right there. Healing codependency. Healing codependency means... We're not living in the past anymore, guys. We found ways to think more about what do we want, not yes. what we don't want, what we do want. That comes from healing with codependency. It means we're no longer denying our emotions, our dreams, and our desires. It's about us. We have a lot of habits and reprogramming that we need to do. I right. mean, it's going to take time. But our kids love that because now they're seeing mm -hmm. us take care of ourselves. They're like oh, this is not a good time to go talk to mom. She's upset about something, so she's going to go take some mom time. I used to not be able to do that. I right. would just go take care of my kids and be angry. And you know what's funny? The kids the kids are following. Yeah. They're, okay, I need a second. I need a break. They're, they're starting to voice mm -hmm. what they want. So if something's uncomfortable right now, they're like... I'm not I'm not comfortable talking about this right now. Right. They're they're able to talk to us because they're seeing us and our actions on this healing rather than a destructive path or isolating or running away or anger or fighting. They're seeing a more compassionate, understanding kind of self regulated like, parents. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I yeah. love it. I know me too. It's it's been really really good for both of the kids i'm super excited for them they are just they're just blossoming in ways that i've always dreamed but i didn't know how you know what i mean mm -hmm. i didn't know that really my depression or the way that because i can still be depressed i can still be sad but just the way i can handle it and articulate it now to the kids is so much better and they can realize that they don't have to be strong all the time they can come tell mommy that they need a hug and they're upset and just to freaking cry. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them would not because they're like, oh, mom's fragile. We got to be quiet. Like we got to, you know, keep those feelings to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now they don't. And yeah. it's Mon been good. Monkey see, monkey do. Yep. Kid, kids grow up watching, observing, imagining, right? So when they're watching other people do things and they get away with it and it's bad, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to try it. Yep. Right? They're watching people do good things, self-love, self-care, right? They look up to you. They respect you. They love you. I used to think, honestly, I used to think parenting was, oh, I got to force my kid to pray. I got to force my kid to eat. I don't care if you're hungry or not. It's five o'clock. You're going to eat, mm -hmm. right? But they observe things rather than telling them or making them. So, like, if they're observing you brush your teeth every morning, it's like, hey, Mom brushes her teeth every morning. Her teeth are white. Wow, they look great. Some kid said my teeth were yellow at school. I look horrible. Maybe I should brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. These things are... What do, what do you always say? You are the seed planter. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, how, how is that? You so, plant seeds. Yeah, we plant seeds. So nowadays, parents are the ones that plant the seeds. But sadly, there's a lot of parents that aren't planting the seeds. Like, I'm not going to say any names, but... There's one parent I know that sends their kids to go find out all of this information on their self, but their children. You should be planting the seed so it grows. So like one instance was or make it, something about makeup with our daughter. She asked me a question and I told her 
she didn't want to believe me. You know, she's a kid. Mm -hmm. And a week later, she goes, oh, I heard that so-and-so said that this works and blah, blah, blah. Then a week after that, she goes, I should have listened to you, Mom. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really good advice. I was doing it backwards this whole time. Right. So it was pretty cool. I like those. seeds, guys. And don't get it. Oh, sorry. And don't get upset that if you plant a seed, because this is what we do. We tell our children, you know, good advice and ways to do things that might be more helpful for them and whatever. But they're going to have a coach. They're going to have a teacher. They're going to have a best friend. They're going to have a TikToker. They're going to have somebody else that ignites that and waters that plant. And it's going to grow. And instead of being grumbled and, and mad that the seed is grown by somebody else, just keep reminding yourself that you're the one that planted that motherfucking seed. <laughs> and I, I used to struggle with that. We did. We both did. I and tell like, the I analogy. Like, I told him that. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. They but, would come home and be like, Joe Bob told me that this works. And we we're like, we just told you that like two fucking weeks ago. But now the analogy is we are seed planters and maybe somebody else will make it grow. And that's okay. But I planted that motherfucker. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. So your goals, write down some of your dreams. Write down some of the things that happened when you were a childhood. Try to unlock these dreams. And remember, these are dreams of your inner child, who you want it to be. All right. Before we get into the journaling questions, I want to remind you that it's okay not to remember everything, but you got to unlock those dreams. You got to think about who you wanted to be, what you wanted to do, and try to get back to that. Start thinking about what you want and not what you don't want. One of my questions, as a child when I was alone in my room, I used to imagine. I talked about that earlier. I used to imagine a lot of things. I used to imagine that I was in the military fighting a war with my little army men. I used to pretend that I was a ghostbuster. I would dress up and I'd put my backpack on and I built like a hose and like this little thing. And I would throw out my stuffed animals and I would try to catch it in my little trap as a Ghostbuster. That's awesome. I would put out fires. I would be a policeman. All these things. These are the dreams that you need to remember. My last question. When I was small, I remember feeling secretly excited about... Are you ready for this one? What? Are you ready? Yeah. Going to school. Aww. Learning. I loved it. All growing up. From kindergarten until sixth grade. I had straight A's. I was in a the strictest private school in the state of Oklahoma at the time. Straight A's. I loved it. Even when I grew up and I chose the path of survival when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And I was fighter. I ditched school. I was suspended all the time. When I was suspended, when I was put in ISS, all these things, I wished I was in the classroom. There was three times, three times, I got suspended when I didn't have to. They put me in ISS. ISS at the time, I got to sit in a closet, right? That's Inside great of the pods. For you. Inside of the pods. Uh We sat inside of a closet. I skipped ISS. Guess where I went? What? I snuck off to the library. I was inside the library at the school. I was researching. I had multiple books. I was doing my labs. I was doing my biology. I was researching. Mm -hmm. And they caught me in there. And they suspended me. Because I wanted to learn. I wanted to do something. I was tired of sitting in a closet. Like a prisoner. And I, I didn't skip school. I didn't run away. All these things. I secretly loved school but anybody that you talk to that knows me mm-hmm. i hated school mm-hmm. i wanted nothing to do with school that was your secret mm-hmm. yeah well i know how smart you are and how inquisitive you are and how much research you do and i enjoy it so um a couple of my questions i have is my favorite place to hide or just be by myself was so there used to be this whole like forest that used to be behind my neighborhood and I would have to go through a ditch and then I would go and we called it our secret garden and me and my friend Stacy would go there and we would spend hours quietly in these little woods that we would pretend it was the secret gardens and and I can still remember it like this the light would shine in like it was really like my secret garden that's awesome it was really cool um let's see my other one was I'm looking forward to undiscovering more about the human anatomy and healing and just my path to my healing and my peace. Mm-hmm. It's slowly getting there, but it. I'm excited it. for it. It's never too late, guys, and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter 
if it's you dreamed of shooting a three-point, right? Mm -hmm. And making a swoosh and not hitting the rim. Whatever it is, right? Right. Go do it. Go practice it. Go enjoy it. It may not be what you think it was. It may not be what you want to do. But you'll never know if you don't try and if you don't change your mindset from what you don't want to what you do. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, I appreciate you guys tuning in, all the support, the love, the questions. With that, on our website, we have areas there where you guys can click on and send us uh, a direct email message. You guys can ask us questions. You can write a story. We'll ask them. We'll answer them on our show. We'll read your story on our show. And there's also opportunities that we're having guests now starting in February. Absolutely. So if you guys have a story from where you were to who you are now and the success and what got you there, what helped you, and how you survived your own mind, send us a message. We want to know. We want you on our show. I think upcoming... We have booked uh, Kevin Hughes, who does the TikToking podcast. I'm sure you guys know all of your favorite creators are on that podcast. Mm-hmm. Then we have Beautifully Broken. Yes. Christy, Christy Shea. Yep. Yep. We're super excited. Um, the week, or not the week, I'm sorry, the month after that, we are going to have, uh, I call her Pip. That is her nickname. So Pip Wilson will be on with her childhood story, and then we will have Wit. Wit who is a recovery coach and is actively in recovery right now. So we get to hear that side of the story. We also, not for sure when, but another exciting, we have a captain in the fire department up in New York who's going to talk about his diagnosis with ALS, his loss, and how firefighters face mental struggles and everything that they see on the streets in real life. Yeah. So we got a lot of super exciting shows coming oh, up. Oh, we have another one. Oh. oh, and also we're going to have Coach Sam on. Yes. She um, has been battling eating disorder for years and years. Um, she was in treatment this summer, and she is very vocal about all of that. Um, a lot of it gets kind of hushed and taken down on TikTok, so I feel this podcast will be an amazing way for her to share every part of her story. So we're super excited for that. Absolutely. I think everybody has a voice. I think everybody has a story. And we just want this to be a stepping stone into their future. Oh, shit. I just hit something. Into their future on being able to share their story and, you know, help others. Absolutely. We're excited, you guys. Thank you for joining in. We're growing little by little, and we love it. Um, We wouldn't be here without you guys. And... We will talk to you next week. Absolutely. Go check out survivingyourmind.com. Yes, sir. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Remember, life doesn't have a handbook. When you're made to feel you're living your life wrong, how do we not know they're living their life wrong? We don't. Stop being critical of yourself and just be you. You.